buzzing in my hand and it loves me. See, it loves me. This loves me. Uh, so for a little pop quiz. Right, these are the logos for the major parties in England. Uh, which, which, which party are they representing? Let me go around. Let's see if... Uh... Okay, so top, top left up there. Which one's that? Any idea? Think it's a Brexit party? Maybe. Okay, the middle one here. A conservative Tories, yeah, on this side. The Greens on this side. Labour, England rugby team, yes. In the middle at the bottom. And on this side. So I, I blanked out the words because on some of those, there you have the, the actual names. Uh, I was aware of some of those, but not others until I, I looked them up. Okay, now, next, next quiz. These are the slogans for this election for these parties. Which one do they go with? All right, so get Brexit done, unleash Britain's potential. Who knows which one? That's the, okay. What about leading the fight for climate action, a people's vote, a fair society for all? Some of these are easier to guess than others, aren't they? Time to get on with Brexit. Could be two or three of them, couldn't it? It could be two or three. Um, it's time. It's time. Time for real changes, Labour. Okay, stop Brexit. Build a brighter future. They're very clear on their position. Change politics for good. That's um, no. That's you. God. Okay. Here's how they line up. That's which. which is which. Isn't that interesting? Ah. Can you see? Okay, well, I need my notes. All right, let me put it over this side. There we go, over here somewhere. All right. So, interesting, these different slogans. It's interesting to, to speculate as to what they actually might mean, um, or indeed what might happen if each party is actually elected and what they'll actually do. But then that's a question for another forum, not um, this one. Um, on on uh, Wednesday, the men met and we talked about praying for authorities. And I think it's very important that we understand this and it's part of what we're going to be talking about today. Some scriptures for us to consider as we go on to have a discussion in a minute about involvement in politics. 1 Timothy chapter 2. I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people. And then he, put, he specifies kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all goodness and holiness. This is good. Pleases God our Savior. Wants all people to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth as it goes on. Um, Romans 13 let everyone be subject to the governing authorities. There is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God, which is an interesting thought. Um, Luke chapter 20, Jesus in his famous uh, um, encounter with the Pharisees, testing him um, about paying taxes to Caesar or not. And he says that famous phrase, and give back to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God's to God what is God's. As we go on perhaps in Titus chapter 3, 
remind the people, this is talking to a church leader, remind the people, saying to Titus, to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready, to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, and always to be gentle toward anyone. Bear in mind that when a writer in the Bible instructs a church leader or a congregation to do something, it is usually not out of some general principle. It's usually because he's correcting a problem in the local congregation. So the point is probably there that for Titus where he is on Cyprus, that has been a bit of belly aching, moaning, or even disobedience towards the authorities. And he says, that's not right. And then 1 Peter chapter 2, live such good lives, I'll read, I'll read a larger section than is on there. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they may accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Submit, your, submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority, whether to the emperor as the supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. Live as free People, do not use your freedom to cover up evil. Live as God's slaves. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God. Honor the emperor. Honor the emperor. Interesting phrase, given that emperors were generally not favorable towards Christianity at this time. Persecution was sporadic, on and off. It wasn't constant through this period. But nonetheless, there were times when the idea of honoring the one who might have been in charge of making sure your brothers and sisters got arrested, possibly even killed, is an interesting idea and challenges our thinking, perhaps, about what God intends about politics and, and our attitude towards it. So those are some scriptures which you've got the notes, the references on your handout. You can look at more of those in a moment if you like. Now what I'd like to show you is something I found, uh, uh, which I found rather interesting, which is a short video from the website for the Christians in Parliament, in the UK Parliament. And it's a short video about why the Christian MPs think it's a good idea for Christians to be involved in politics. It's about three minutes long. Let's listen to this and see what you think of it. As Christians, we're, we're ex exalted really to sort of get involved in every aspect of life. Um, and whilst um, you know, I'm, I'm very conscious of the render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's, I think um, we also have to be in every aspect of life. We've got to be at the forefront of everything, and particularly politics, because at the end of the day, it's politics that makes the rules for the society we live in, and we're better than, than actually having a Christian view on that. It's important that we enter in, we enter in to serve and we enter in to, to do good, but we enter in to also bring the debate. I think it's really important, again in a democracy, that people of all faiths and, and those who don't have a faith can come into politics, enter the public square and debate and attempt to woo people um, to the truth of their argument. Well, I think it's absolutely vital that Christians get involved in politics, and the good news is there are more than most people think. Christians in Parliament is a vibrant organisation and we come from right across the Christian spectrum within this country. Everyone has a worldview and it's important that the Christian worldview is held as our legislation is debated and discussed. And it's also important that we encourage people across the nation who pray for us, who are Christians, that there are MPs here, that there are peers here, as, who as we go about our daily work 
are praying and seeking God's guidance and seeking to input into our legislation the Christian voice. I don't think politics is any different to any other profession or vocation. It's uh, you know it's no harder to be a Christian uh, in politics than it is to be a Christian bus driver. You know, but it's important that there are Christians in every walk of life. Not that we come in and impose our morality and our faith on others, but that we live it out and perhaps try to draw people to take Christianity seriously. As politicians, we have an opportunity to be out there in our communities and in public life talking about the issues that matter to people. And if that's informed by our Christian uh, views um, and our calling, then you know, it translates and it, we have something to say on, on all the things that matter to people. We need to make sure that um, we, um, we don't simply just have as a comfort blanket our Christian heritage, uh, that we are able to properly manifest it and be distinctive. And yes, in Parliament as well, and um, it is right that Christians are involved in politics. If you think what politics is about, it's about making laws for our country, about how we look after vulnerable people, whether we go to war or not, the kind of police force we have in our country, the kind of laws we pass. Why would you want to exclude Christians, we hope, who have the truth and integrity and compassion from that process? We should be right in there making a difference. I think Christians should get involved with politics. And, and what I love is Christians who write to me saying, we're praying for you, because I think very often, even Christians can tend to think, oh, well, politics is a different thing. You know, we don't want to dirty ourselves by getting involved with politics. But quite the opposite. You know, there should be a very close link between politics and Christianity because essentially they're, they're in a sense, the same side. Um, they're trying to make life better for people. They're trying to ensure that there's justice and fairness and, uh, and a decent standard of living. And so that is all a very Christian ethos. I thought it was rather interesting as well that they put the names and the constituencies on the screen, but not their political affiliation. Because from that perspective, their unity in Christ means more than, than their political affiliation. Interesting thing. So what I, I would like us to do for a few minutes is actually I'd like us to break into two groups and discuss these two questions. Well, have, actually have one each. I would like one group to think purely and only about the proposition Christians should be involved in politics. I'd like you to come up with perhaps four or five arguments for Christians being involved in politics. I'd like the second group to discuss this uh, proposal. Christians should not be involved in politics and come up with your four or five reasons as to why they shouldn't be. And let's have a little sharing after that. Can we do that? So we won't exactly have a debate. And I would not I need to say order. order. Um, but I would like to hear from each group. What I thought we might do is rather than run down every, every, every argument, maybe take one, one from each side at a time. All right? And just, just hear, hearing from each other's perspective would be interesting. And to really listen to to an argument that might be different to that which we would naturally incline. Okay. Um, so let's, let's start with should be, this is this group, isn't it? So can you give me one of the arguments as to why you think Christians should be a part of politics? Um, because in, in Parliament legislation is made which takes care of the poor and needy, and if we can influence that, then we should. Okay, poor and the needy could be helped. Yes, okay. What about an argument for not being involved? Um, temptation of power, greed, compromise their values, everybody's doing it, overclaiming expenses, things like that. Um, 
and looking forward to that. Okay, there's been a history, for not just recent times, but you could say for as long as human records seem to have existed, those in power seem to be tempted, and there is a history of corruption and that kind of thing. It could be bad for the person, especially the person of faith, maybe, be tempted in that way. Okay, it's a very good point. Another point, maybe, in favor of being involved. Matthew 514 says, we are the lights of the world. I think we can shine very brightly in our lives. As we just saw from Okay, so it's another place in which the Christian light can shine. Why should it be denied that? Well, it's not just a place. I think it's a place from where it shines from there, it will shine in many more places than perhaps. And it could be said, well, yeah, it could be said in a unique way because there's, there's an opportunity to be quite prominent yes. in that sense. Okay, good. Uh, another argument as to why not. Uh, if can view uh, an entity's political decision as a personal one and mix the two up um, and discerning that, uh, okay, they're a Christian, I don't agree with your position, therefore, therefore I've got an interest in Christianity. Right, it can mix up the political and the Christian ethics and morality of the, of the individual. It can be confusing. Mm -hmm. um, and it can dilute the message either way, potentially. Good, it could compromise that. Thank you. Uh, another argument for? Don't know how many you've got. But it makes a lot of sense because laws are mostly based on morality, a moral code. Um, and the Bible is the ultimate. So why would they not? Yeah, morality and values inform the decisions that are made. Okay. Yeah. Another argument, yes. Um, Strong beliefs can create bias in the decisions of the Christian. They can bring their strong beliefs into how they make decisions. They just say they can actually slow down progression in some areas. For example, of stem cell research, for example. Um, in health, and those concerns over that. Okay, so yeah, a Christian's perspective could be a prejudice. Yeah. It may not be actually even accurate, and it may not be helpful, potentially. Okay, that's a good point. I feel like you're making that point. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you, you'd have to vote with the government no matter what the um, 
policy and that would be a compromise. There's a challenge, isn't it? There's a challenge in any organization like, like that, um, where you've got a party loyalty, perhaps potentially conflicting with a spiritual loyalty, if you put it that way. Okay. Now, let's stop there in terms of the arguments for a moment. Let's just open up the discussion for just two minutes, say. Um, what, what is this stirring in us? What are we learning from thinking about this today? What are we learning from just listening to each other's, these two different perspectives? Is there anything that stands out you're thinking, hmm, I haven't thought about that, or that's something I need to think about more, or that's challenged my thinking, or that's just helpful? What's, what's this discussion about? Because we don't talk about this too much at all, right? So what is this, what's it making us think about? I think what it's, it's say stirring me, it's maybe not quite the right word, but I have political views, and my, many of my political views are based on my moral understanding of Christianity and Bible and caring for people. And yet I feel sometimes that's something I cannot be, I cannot talk about yet. Mm -hmm. um, I'm aware, for example, that my views may be different from some people in the room. And there's something in me that stops me from having that conversation. And I don't want it to stop me. I want to be able to have the conversation. Not in order to convince anyone or have a debate, but just to to bring that that uh, awareness that I have as well into relationships and conversations here. It's part of life. That's what I think it's every subject. Right, okay, maybe it shouldn't be taboo. Like maybe we need to figure out and talk about how best to navigate those conversations because they may be uncomfortable and they also may not be something we're familiar with. So, how is the best way to do that? That's a really, really good point. Uh, a couple more, yes. It was interesting, um, I think if you haven't shown the video beforehand, may, maybe this, I think maybe some people would have had another view, but that video was very interesting because it was. To me, it was actually uh, different than what I expected it to be. Mm -hmm. I didn't expect that so many people in Parliament would actually, you know, publicly say that Christianity is, is a positive thing. You know, so it's a it's a pleasant surprise. But I think if we can have more of that, maybe that would also, you know, make the Christian community, you know, stand up more for values and systems. You know, so. Mm -hmm. that, I think it's good to have these discussions, be open-minded of also how people in political positions view this topic. Mm -hmm. It would be interesting to know. Yeah. Yeah. Really the problem right. is that we don't know the whole time. Mm -hmm. He knows. Politically. Yes. Mm -hmm. he, he has a plan. And often the plan that we want is not his plan. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you look at America, <coughs> nobody would have thought Trump got in. <laughs> but there must be a reason he's there. We don't know it. But he has. Oh, so much we don't know. The way that God works in all these different strata of society. And sometimes we pray for a specific thing instead of praying for the Lord. We pray for X to be done. Mm. But it's like conflict into what the Lord wants. So we need to pray with humility that's right. when it comes to political areas. Okay. So that's one of the key principles I think you're right about there indeed, is we have a political will of our own, but we need to pray with humility that's about it. the fact that God may have other plans. Good. Uh, anybody else or I'll move on and we'll wrap up? I just I think 
I think it, this expression is just made me realize that once you grow, you need that you can see that person. So a person is more lonely, like, in the current world, and on the square. That's we are all part Because we are all voters. So it's the majority of us, right? And then we might shout that we do have to be But what role do we really want to play as Christians? What role do I want to play as Christians? Yes, in politics. There are different options I can pursue. Yes, if one is a man and mainstream political party, as someone who surprisingly identified, there is the benefit of compromising with How we want to represent ourselves in politics, mm-hmm. and what based on what value for system, mm-hmm. or we just have to tear on the norm. So, what role do we want to play, and how we want to represent that, that role? I mean, that's one of the discussions I'd like to consider. Good. Well, good. And then, you know, that is a question on the handout there for us to think about, to take away and discuss and think about. Because I do think we all have, I'll come more back to this in a moment, but we all have influence of some kind. So how are we going to use that for the best in our society as part of Christian's responsibility? Yeah. I think um, what, what we see on the television about politics is very tip of the iceberg because there's a huge amount of work done in local communities um, that goes almost unnoticed. Uh, and um, things like the parish councils, which would be like very, very grassroots. For most of us, uh, we don't connect with our, our local parish council, but they're the ones, for example, giving out free dog poo bags. Um, and, and you read about what they do in these little freebies that come, in the free magazines that come through the door, but they, they're they always looking for people to help out, be involved, engage, even if it's just to do with street lighting on the street or rubbish collection or whatever. Um, and I, the first time ever I wrote to my MP um, about a year ago when they were locally trying to get ideas of opinions about what the building proposals in Coxley. And, and I, I think even being a governor at the school and, and, and these kind of roles, I think they're really important for Christians to think about if you're, if you're able to. Because we, you know, we, we go to work and we come to church and we may not be that connected in our local communities outside of that, but there, there is actually a very great need. Um, a lot of community organisations rely on people giving their time for free. Yeah. Uh, it seems to me that to that, that it would be a shame if it was only for non-believers who volunteered their time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, in that sense, in the gender, that they not be what we would think is healthy. Um, let me sort of wrap up with a couple of thoughts, and then we'll take communion together. The first is just a reminder that uh, people of Christian faith have made a huge difference nationally and globally because of their faith as an example. Um, William Wilberforce, who was the driving force, at least in this country, behind the abolition of slavery. And it was his Christian faith that informed that. Um, he's a fascinating man with a fascinating life, and you might like to read more about him sometime. You don't know much about him, but he's an astonishing chap. He said this, 
Never, never will we exist till we have wiped away this scandal, he's talking about slavery, uh, from the Christian name, released ourselves from the load of guilt under which we at present labor and extinguished every trace of this bloody traffic of which our posterity, looking back to the history of these enlightened times, will scarce believe that it has been suffered to exist so long a disgrace and dishonor to this country. So he was an MP, um, and, and ultimately, just as he, basically in his dying days, he fought for all his life in the abolition of slavery, and it, it was passed as an act of parliament as he was basically dying, but he, he lived to see the day. Um, Astonishing chat. And as another example, oh, he also, I didn't know this until I looked this up, he's also a founder member of the RSPCA, mm -hmm. uh, which is interesting as well. So he had, he had a concern for animals and human beings. Um, and then there's another chap, less well known, Lord Shaftesbury. I read a fascinating biography about him a little while ago. And he was born in a privilege in the same way the Wilberforce was, and he ended up being an MP. But he used his influence because of his Christian, evangelical Christian faith, to for many different things, including reforming how men, reforming how mental health patients were treated. He reformed the system. He reduced the hours worked by children because at that time in the 1800s, children were allowed, could work. They were forced to work as many hours as a, yep. a person demanded, and he got it reduced gradually to 14 hours a day. It was brought down to 14 hours a day to start with. Yes, children. Like, children as young as five were working in the mines. Children as young as five were working in the mines, opening and closing ventilation shafts. So he, he got that back, so the children under a certain age were not allowed. No children were allowed to work in, in mines because of legislation he brought in. And the working age gradually, a length of day, gradually came down from 14 hours to 12 to 10, which is where it got to by the time he died. Um, he eradicated climbing boys as chimney sweeps. So in the army, you know, those little boys used to climb up inside the chimneys to clean them. And he got that uh, outlawed and banned um, uh, under his uh, influence. And he supported schools for poor children. He, he had a terrible childhood, but valued his education. So he established uh, what were called ragged schools, which were schools for poor children. And he got that going and established it and strengthened it and made sure it ran well. I mean, an incredible chap. Um, again, you see, interesting, both men from privilege. But they were given an opportunity to make a difference. Because of their faith, they used the channel God gave them. And I think that's the thing for us to think about, is what is the channel that God has given you and I? Mm -hmm. Maybe it's not to be an MP. Maybe. But maybe it's something else you can do in the effect society, even the micro-society where you live, or more broadly. Who knows the difference we can make? I think we've been very blessed in Watford uh, with the current mayor has a Christian faith, and the previous mayor, who was mayor for a long time, had a Christian faith, and it was a benefit to the town. No matter what their politics, there were aspects of their faith that were positive, mm -hmm. and I think we can, we should not, we should not underestimate our potential impact. Mm -hmm. Who knows what one person can do? And we need to respect the authorities, and just to finish up in a way, <coughs> uh, not fear them, mm -hmm. not fear them in the sense that we know that God is uh, still supreme. Jesus said, "All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me." He has the ultimate authority. And in Colossians chapter 2, in Christ, all fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. He is the head 
over every power and authority. Authorities in this world may do us harm, but ultimately we're under Christ's authority, and we have his strength, and we'll be with him forever. So the question on your sheet, I believe, is this question about what, if, what channel, whatever channel God gives you to create influence in your local area, your local society, and how can you use it? How can you use it to advance the cause of Christ? What, what might God be calling you to, to have an influence? I think something for us to pray about, talk about together, and see, because men and women, all of, of Christ have made a huge impact on this world in a positive way, and God can use us to do the same kinds of things. We're going to pray in a moment, take bread and wine, and the reason we're going to do that is we, it's going to remind us of how amazing Jesus is. There have been great men and women of influence in history, but nobody has influenced the world for better than Jesus Christ. I mean, I appreciate what Bill Force did and Charles III and so many others, but ultimately, Jesus has made a big difference. And so we honor him, and we respect him more than anybody else, and we trust him to be an influence in our lives for good uh, in, uh, to, to influence other people. It's because of him. So I'm going to pray, and I'm going to pray uh, for, about the communion we're going to take. I'm also going to pray for each of the political party leaders that we have at the moment, because I think it's right to pray for them, um, for their politics or not. They are people trying to make a difference, so let's pray for them that they'll make a good difference, because they can. So let's pray together. Father, we are asked by your word to pray for all those in authority. And part of that prayer, as Paul wrote to Timothy, is about creating the right and the best conditions so that as many people as possible can be saved. And you want all men to know the truth. You want all people to be saved, Father. And we, we ask you for those that have the power of authority in this country, but even in other countries, many of us are connected to other countries around the world. Father, we pray that you give, you give us the heart to pray for the people in authority, and to pray for them without prejudice, without, without fear, without hatred, Father, in our hearts, even though some have done much harm. Father, we pray not to be, we pray to be sober about that, but we pray, Father, to have a pure heart about wanting their best interests, and that they would use their influence for the betterment of humankind. Father, I pray particularly for our election coming up in uh, the next couple of weeks. We pray, Father, that the campaigning over the next two weeks would have a better, a better kind of flavor to it, Father, if we could. It would be so wonderful to hear people just talking civilly to one another and about one another. Uh, we pray, Father, for the Christian faith people in politics right now. We pray, Father, that they would find the right way to live out their Christian faith as MPs, as uh, people in the House of Lords or in Parliament. We pray, Father, you'll give them wisdom to know how to live their Christian faith. We pray especially for those who are leading these political parties. Father, we pray for Boris Johnson. We pray for giving wisdom and helping to think right about what your will would be for this country. We pray also for Jeremy Corbyn. And we pray, Father, you'll help him. You'll help him to lead wisely and, in a, and, and be influenced, and uh, be capable of being influenced by uh, the teachings of your son, Jesus Christ. We pray for Joe Swinson and the left James, Father. We pray that you'll give her uh, wisdom and open her heart up to your truth uh, in a way that may help her to lead her party well. We pray for the joint leaders of the Greens, Jonathan Barclay and Sean Berry. We pray for both of them. 
Father, we pray that they'll be open to hearing your voice on these issues that matter so much to them. We pray for Nigel Farage of the Brexit Party. We pray, God, that, that his mind and his heart would be soft towards your word, your teachings, and the example of Jesus Christ to reflect, reflect the way that he lives and leads the party. And we pray for the UKIP leader, Richard Brain. Father, we pray that you'll also help him to have uh, an, an interest in your son, help him to have a, a hunger and thirst for righteousness. We pray for all of these political leaders, Father. Um, we pray for every one of them, that you would give them uh, wisdom in accordance with your wisdom. We pray, Father, somehow that they would be influenced by Jesus, that they'd be influenced by your truth, and that, Father, whatever happens in the election, that, Father, each of them would, through this experience of the election campaign, that there'd be something that happens that means they'd be more open to hearing your voice personally, and it would influence the way that they lead. Father, we pray that you'll touch our hearts to remember to pray for those in authority. And also, Father, please show us the way and give us wisdom to know how to use our influence in society for the best interests of the kingdom of your Son. And we thank you that we're now able to take the bread and wine to remind us of his love for us that motivates us to go and love others. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's take some bread and wine.